0: Sessions Podcast. This is episode 113. B-Pimp, what's up with you? 113. Paul George is number 13 for the Los Angeles Clippers. He is. You know who else wore number 13? Who's this that? This guy right here. High school basketball. Oh. Yeah. So Paul George is the second best player to ever ever worn number 13. He is. Um, I have as many championships as Paul George. That is true. That yeah. is fact. So he can just Hold on to that. How many teams has he played for now? Uh, Three? Just three. Yeah, okay. Well, he's chasing rings, and it's not going to happen, Paul. You're going to retire with as many as me, too. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) You know what? I have no problem with Paul George. I don't know why. I'm like... Now you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. We are starting off uh, a string of nostalgia trips back to the aughts. The O.O.'s, call them what you like, the decade where I went from just a, a young high school lad to a grad school graduate. I mean, it was a lot happened in that decade. It started with hanging chads, ended with the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, that's the official <laughs> way to describe it's, the decade. It's yes. a summary of the decade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, so what we're doing for the next five episodes, we're going to cover the best action movies, the best comedies. The best tv shows the best video games and the best albums of that decade and it it has been very difficult to put these lists together i don't know how you feel people it's a tough start i would like to also say that the unofficial theme of this should be in the years of the 2000s a play on the in the year 2000 from conan o'brien show so we may have to record that or something yes um. i i'll find that clip and i'll i'll just dump it right in Yes, perfect. And then get um, sued by Conan. I think, I like Conan, but he strikes me as the kind of person that maybe would sue us. He'd sue us. He, well, he he sees us as a threat to his podcast. He's a newfound podcast kingpin. Mm-hmm. And he knows that there's these whiskey boys out on the, out on the streets that are chasing at his tails. His <laughs> he has podcast, multiple tails. <laughs> exactly. His podcast is, I like it for the most part, but his podcast is the equivalent of like, what's up with that from Saturday Night Live, where the host does like four fifths of the talking? Yeah, that is an accurate comparison, actually. <laughs> I'll listen to an episode of Conan's podcast and be like, who was the guest? I think Conan just went for the whole time. Yeah, he likes to talk. Not as quite as bad as Pete Holmes, but he does like to talk quite a bit. Uh, so I I'm less familiar with Pete Holmes. So if you're telling me he's worse than Conan O'Brien in that respect, I don't think I'm going to bother yeah you should not I wholeheartedly would discourage you from <laughs> b- bothering with beat Holmes yeah um, speaking of things that bother us I, we're you know knee deep in the NBA playoffs and from what I understand Brian you might have a little bit of a beef of what's going on I absolutely do I have a, a in fact I have a bee's beef wow alright here we go bee's beef I don't eat mm-hmm. But I've got beef, bees, beef, bees, beef, beef. This bees, beef goes out to the NBA crowds that have returned to arenas and proceeded to throw things or spit at NBA players. I get that you think paying for a ticket to a playoff game entitles you to do whatever you want, but here's a flash from the desk of Quit Being a Douchebag News Network shape up or ship out it gives crowds a bad name i know this as an erstwhile white Sox fan and creates an unsafe environment for everyone the only thing you should be hurling is words and keep it respectful pal any beef that can end with pal is that that is like the nail in the coffin that you just put it in there yeah pal pal or pal pal can be male or female so i'm not discriminating anybody can be a pal yeah no it it doesn't matter male or female it Pal is just that, like, really sarcastic, come on. Yeah, I don't, I just, it really bums me out. And I, and I, you know what, somebody wrote an article for the New Yorker about this, about the Knicks crowd, when Trey Young was just destroying them in Madison Mm -hmm. Square Garden and how, how it turned from, oh, these are people that are excited to be back and like watching a sport event, sporting event into like, wow, this is a crowd that is like angry and scary. Like <laughs> people have been in their houses for too long and everybody came out and they're like, we're going to just destroy everyone. The Knicks are hilarious. They haven't won a championship since 70 or 72 or something like that. Yeah. They, they somebody pointed out to me that they have the same number of playoff wins since 2000 as the Sonics. Oh God. (laughs) Even less, I think. (laughs) Wow. Which is hilarious because the Sonics rarely were even that good in the new millennium and then moved in 2008. Yeah. That's how bad the Knicks have been. The Knicks have been bad. The Knicks had an interesting team, but it wasn't watching them during the playoffs. It was just clear that they did not have nearly enough offense to compete because of, Julius Randle is getting, not doing what he wants or getting where he wants to on the court. They're relying on like Derek Rose and like Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. To take a lot of shots. I mean, it's, they don't have enough options. RJ Barrett looks like he could end up being pretty good on offense, but he just isn't consistent at all. No. And I, I think with the, like honestly, Derek Rose is great. Yeah. Like what you would expect out of Derek Rose, he was great, but he was, they outside of him from the guard or wing perspective, it, they made it so easy on Trey young because Trey Young did not have to guard anybody, so he could save up all his energy for offense. I I love. I cannot wait for that series, the next coming up with Atlanta, yeah, and and Philly. I think that'll actually be pretty close now, uh, depending. Like, is Embiid out? Out? Not. They haven't announced that, but he did. He has a. They're saying a small tear in his meniscus, which any tear in your meniscus sounds bad to me. Yeah. So I'm not sure. So all right, we'll see on that front. But um, an an excellent, excellent beast beef. Thank you. I just had to set people straight here, so we can all enjoy things and not have to like have no fans again because people are being jerks. Exactly. I I went to one Warriors playoff game a few, maybe like three years ago. It was against the Pelicans, and we only went last minute because we followed whatever the tickets. I think it's StubHub or something like that. That I had, and you can watch the tickets. They usually, you know, 20 minutes before the game will start going down in price because it's those last minute people are like, oh, shoot, I'm not going to the game. I have to sell these. So we did score some like reasonably cheap tickets, especially for Warriors playoffs. Uh, And in the front row, Maggie spotted Beyonce and Jay-Z and really spent like the first full quarter just like looking like trying to take photos of them from her cell phone, <laughs> which we were in the very last row. So they were not good photos. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, Beyonce and Jay-Z, they were there. And they stayed for the entire game, despite the fact that it was actually a blowout. Oh, that's props to them for that. Yeah, give them credit. Um, All right. It is the Whiskey Sessions. So we have a whiskey to drink. Uh, I have one from Japan. So we had talked about, I think uh, in our second EP, if I'm not mistaken, I actually literally can't remember if this is a conversation that is on the final EP or if I cut it, I think it was on the final EP that we I talked think about so. drinking more Japanese whiskies. Um, but yeah, this one is Japanese. It's called the Totori. It's a blended Japanese whiskey. They don't spell whiskey with an E, which personally does bother me, but I'll let it slide. Um, there is very little else on this bottle. Uh, they talk a little bit about how this whiskey is characterized by mellow sweetness and aroma, but I have no idea really what ingredients are in here or they, they just don't really talk about it at all, but it's imported into South San Francisco. Um, and yeah, it's out of it's bottled by Matsui Shuzo in Totori Japan. Huh? So it's uh. I got a 750 milliliter bottle here for the folks at home. It cost me right around the $40 mark and it's 43% alcohol by volume. All right. Now what's interesting is it's a it's a twist off, which I don't get a lot in whiskeys. No, you don't see that too often. No. Jameson is a twist off. Yeah, so this, that, I'm not judging it for that. I, I just, it's just interesting. Uh, I'm, all, I'm very intrigued by this, too, because I don't have a good sense of, like, if there's a specific characteristic of Japanese whiskeys that's in common with them or if they all kind of taste different based on the distillery. So I'm curious to see what your experience is. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, what I'm observing so far is it's its color is quite light. Yeah, it's very caramely. Yeah. Um, so that... I don't know if that's going to be reflected in like a taste. I have it on the rocks and it looks even lighter in my glass. Uh, so I'm going to give it a quick smell. Hmm. I wonder it has a a smell that actually reminds me a little bit of sake. Mm. So kind of I have no idea. I guess I'd have to google it. But I wonder if there's like any rice mixed in this at all that's causing that smell yeah classic whiskey smell but then it's just got this like one little note to it that does remind me a little bit of sake okay yeah i'm gonna give it a taste i found a little cheat sheet of characteristics so when you're done completely i'll go through it okay it so after my first sip i i, I would say a pretty considerable burn mm. more than i expected But it is it's it's not like hitting me in one spot. It's now that I'm letting it sit for a few seconds. It's a good like mouth throat like coating. But it did have a little bit of a zip to it. I'm going to give it another taste. Zippity doodah. It does taste outside of the burn. I mean, it's not like a real full bodied or like caramely heavy taste or anything like that. It's actually pretty light. But you, I definitely get like a good burn that's starting to move down the throat a little bit. Not too. I wouldn't say it's particularly warming. Okay, you look very. I'm, now you're I'm giving it, it serious thought. Yeah, because it's it's a unique taste, and I'm not always great at like articulating kind of what the different taste sensations are. But it is a little bit. It's different, uh, and I'm trying to think what it most like what whiskeys that we do drink, what it most compares to, and it's, that is hard to put a finger on. I'm going to give it a third sip here. The patented third sip. Mm -hmm. I'd like to point out that you are using a large cube as well, which is a preferred way to drink whiskey. I love the large cubes. I won't do anything else now. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I, here's, I do like the burn and I like that it's a pretty even burn. I won't say it's necessarily my favorite whiskey in the world, but generally it's pretty smooth and I think I would drink it uh, more. For the price point, this is where I struggle because it's a little bit higher. The moment of truth, folks. Could go one way, could go the other. It's true. You know, I hate to do this, but I'm going to just stay true to myself. I'm going to give the Totori blended Japanese whiskey the boot. You're the Simon Cowell of whiskey reviews. I hate to be labeled as that, but <laughs> I think it's a compliment. First, he's okay. got he's gotten nicer throughout the years. Yeah. It is like uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's like I mean the burn is good. It sits okay, but I don't think I would get it again for the price point. And it um, both in the smell and kind of like the initial taste. I get sort of a like a slightly metallic tinge to it, which I, I hate that. Uh, it's really slight, so it's not like a deal breaker, but it's enough Would, where I can't justify putting this on the smooth train. I, I completely, I, I respect your process on this. Would you like to hear some of the little cheat sheet notes about Japanese whiskey that I found? Yes, please. So um, this is from... Uh, an intro to Japanese whiskey guide and they're saying that the color usually is pale straw gold to rich amber it's um, usually around 40% alcohol by volume comparable to scotch it can be aged in wood casks in Japanese Mizunara oak it's usually made from malted barley and other grains and commercial examples they just have some brands and they say that it can be used in many whiskey cocktails just substitute according to style but it the note is Um, Japanese whiskey generally the reason they spell it the way they do without the E is because it's inspired by scotch whiskey so it usually takes its lead from scotch so I don't know if you noticed that but that tends to be I guess the the style for Japanese whiskeys the most like scotch I guess hindsight that makes sense to me I'll just edit it earlier in the podcast and say boy this tastes a lot like scotch Boy, this tastes like scotch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I still remind me, like it's my favorite episode of The Simpsons probably like twenty years ago, but they're they recorded it right before the Super Bowl and they're like, Yes, our favorite team, like Homer holds his beer over his mouth and it's like the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad, but it's just it's not enough for me to put it on the smooth train at this price point. Fair enough. So if you're curious about a Japanese whiskey, I'm sure you could do worse. Uh, and, you know, compared to some other Japanese whiskies I've seen, it's, it's cheaper than those. So if you're curious, I would say, you know, go ahead and try it. Uh, but I can't give it my full seal of approval. That's the final word on that. Yeah. Speaking of seal of approvals, we got to get to our top five action movies of the 2000s. The 2000s, the the aughts, the zero zeros, whatever you would like to call them, good decade for movies. Yes, there's quite a few excellent ones. It was, you had like some big franchises. You had kind of the beginnings of superhero movies and some good ones in there too. Uh, You had some good bonds. There's just a lot, lot going on in that decade. Yeah. And I generally, as is my want, have not a lot of the big name movies on there, although there's a couple to break that. But I went with kind of my own, which are a little idiosyncratic, I think. Yeah, I I was going to tie this whiskey, this Japanese whiskey into this list a little more cleanly because I had a Japanese movie on my list, but then actually took it off. So I can't do that transition naturally anymore. But uh, it was Battle Royale. I don't Have you ever seen that movie? I haven't. I've heard excellent things about it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, just missed my list, but that's how it goes. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. These are our top five action movies of the OOs. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, what is your number five? Number five for me is the aforementioned 007 Daniel Craig edition with Casino Royale. Ooh great great pick. I'm a huge fan of Daniel Craig's take on Bond. I like the fact that he's um a little bit more serious even though he does still sneak in that like wry humor there here and there. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's very he's been he's had quite an excellent run. I think that was his first one if I'm not mistaken. And it was it's great. It yeah. still holds up. I like watching it. Um it has good replay value to me. So, one of my faves. It's got that really great uh it's not the opening scene but it's like maybe the second scene just that like uh parkour scene yeah is incredible it's really good that's a good movie overall i may actually need to watch that in the next couple days i have an itch to watch it again i read that book not that long ago and i will say the book which i think was written probably in the 50s the movie is plot wise really close to the book yeah which I mean, it varies a lot in Bond movies, whether that's the case. But uh, it's kind of funny in a newer Bond movie that they actually would have stayed that close to the plot of the book. Something tells me that might have been intentional after because the one before that would have been tomorrow never dies. Uh, Or the world is not enough. Die another day. Oh, right, right, right. The one with yeah, the last Brosnan with like Madonna and Halle Berry. Yeah, that's right. That was a bad one. Yeah. Uh okay great number 5 uh my number 5 is uh I mentioned superhero movies just a second ago this is one of my favorite if not my favorite superhero movie Spider-Man 2 uh I think they did they did this one just perfect it's like very human um Tobey Maguire like loses some of his powers as Spider-Man it's got Alfred Molina as Doc Ock or Doctor Octopus he's great in it I think it's just um, they have just like some great scenes, including like a really good scene on the elevated train in New York, uh, which I really enjoy a lot. But it's I think it's just about a perfect superhero movie. It might be my favorite overall. I have never seen any of the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I I have I, when I was doing research to see which ones I missed on this, that came up quite a bit. So that's obviously a pretty. uh well-regarded one so i probably have to watch that one at some point i really, i really like it because it's not it just has like a lot of good human scenes it's not like just like overrun with action
1: yeah
0: because like spider-man 3 is not good so is it, like, that one of the bad ones <laughs> yeah I, I just don't know how they like did such a good job with spider-man 2 and then spider-man 3 just a couple of years later is like a disaster yeah Oh, well, that's how it goes. What's your number four? My number four is a little-known, I think, movie starring Jean Reno of Leon the Professional and written by Luc Besson, who wrote and directed that movie from 1994. This is 2001's Wasabi. Oh, I've never even heard of this movie. It's really good. You should check it out. It's like a a super-exaggerated action movie where Jean Reno has, like, he'll do things like just throw somebody across... Like a building, just like throw them. Like they gave him these weird powers, but it just it makes it. It's just such an enjoyable movie to watch, and it's still after all these years, I I always go back and watch that one. Um, so I had to put it on there. I love that movie. Nice. Well, great pick then. But so John Reno has. Does he like get the powers in the movie, or he just always has them? It's just like it's basically just like this is what he can do. He's like he's supposed to be like a detective, but he just inexplicably. can do all this stuff. It's kind of great. Nice. Um, all right. My number four, you already mentioned it, Casino Royale. Hey! Yeah, definitely. Some people actually like this movie more than I do, but I think it's... I think it's Daniel Craig's best, still. Yeah, great introduction. I mentioned the parkour scene, but just the movie is also paced kind of a little bit funny for a Bond movie. I just... I, I like that it's not too action-packed. I, I love that the main... Plot revolves around just a poker game. Yeah, there's like long <laughs> gambling scenes, <laughs> yeah. really long gambling <laughs> scenes, uh, which is kind of funny, but it gives the the movie room to breathe too. I like the guy that plays the villain too. I really like his work, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He he definitely looks the part of a Bond villain. Yep. So they did a good job there. Uh, what's your number three? My number three is. Bill, And I, this might be cheating, but I'm taking them as one whole movie. Can I do that? Or do I have to pick one? I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, not a diehard Quentin Tarantino fan. I like a lot of his movies. This is one that I'm a huge fan of. Um, the style of it, the casting. I love the people he picked to play the different parts. And like, and there's something about it that just, like I, I just buy into kind of the the aura of it and I love Uma Thurman so um, I think it's a, a pretty big accomplishment in film those two movies I 100% agree if you had to choose between the two of them do you have a preference I like volume two I guess if I had to pick okay yeah I could see that I, I think volume two moves a little bit quicker yeah and it's like a lot of the you know the resolutions, kind of, which makes mm-hmm. it more a little bit pick you know, a little bit more exciting instead of a groundwork in the, in the yeah. one. Uh, no, that that's a great pick. My number three is also part of multiple movies, although it's part of a trilogy. I'm not going to pick the whole trilogy because I actually think this is the best out of the three of them. Uh, but I'm going to pick 2002's Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Nice. So the middle of the Lord of the Rings movies. Even though it was the third one that actually won the Oscar, I I think without a doubt, Two Towers is superior. It's got a better like battle scene, and I just I just think it like it moves a little bit faster too. But it's sometimes the, the second movie of a trilogy is just they really nail it. Like I feel like Star Wars is the same way, and the aforementioned Spider Man franchise, the Tobey Maguire one at least. Yeah, yeah, they hit their stride on that. But yeah, Two Towers great like grandiose huge movie and i think it, it just i could watch it a hundred times except that it's three hours long so probably not quite a hundred i've i used to be uh, like a huge fan of all three of those and i watched them multiple times and i haven't watched any of them in a while and i feel like at some point i will revisit them i remember being a big fan of of those yeah i we so maggie and i are watching every movie that's ever won an oscar for best picture and because of that we had to watch the third one but in leading up to that we we decided to watch the first two as well just to make sure that the third one made sense and i stand by definitely the second one being the best although the third one is is still pretty good yeah i just watched it again like a month ago or two months ago nice all right what is your number two my number two is taken starring liam neeson Ooh, he has a very specific set of skills yes he does I love that movie I know it's probably I don't even know what the general consensus is on it but I love it I can watch it over and over again I think it's just like I love movies like that where you're just like okay I know now Liam Neeson is going to do this I, I know what he's going to do but I still don't care and I just want to watch all of this movie yeah I think those kind of movies can be great I, I have seen the tomato meter on this movie before and it's like not that high but I, I bet its audience score is through the roof. Yeah, it's great. Because it is a great like crowd-pleasing kind of movie. Yeah. And there's definitely just a genre out there of like old man kicking ass. Yeah. That people really like. And now Bob Odenkirk is in that with that Nobody movie that just came out. <laughs> I saw a preview for that movie, and I like laughed throughout the entire preview. I think that is like, I love Bob Odenkirk, but that is pushing it. For what is in his wheelhouse? I'm gonna have to watch it because I need to know, like, what is going on <laughs> with this movie. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, like, what if they had David Cross doing that? Like, you would just be—I I don't know. I like maybe actually, nurse A little more legit, but still. What about uh, Brian Posehn? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did see. I did see Bob Unkirk promoting the movie on Jimmy Kimmel, uh, and he came out like doing a bit where he was like on a crutch and looked all beat up and said he did all his own stunts and he shouldn't have been doing that. Uh, And he committed to the bit too, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe the movie works if you don't take it that seriously, but it seems a ridiculous role for Bob Odenkirk to play. That was my first reaction also. (laughs) Yeah. But maybe Bob Odenkirk, if you have like a, is Liam Neeson Scottish? Um, I thought he, isn't he Dutch? Oh, God, I have no idea to the Wikipedia machine. One moment. Yeah, we got to find this out. Liam Neeson is. Oh, he's Northern Irish. Ah, OK. My bad. Uh, um, no, he Northern Irish, but he uh, like maybe if Bob Odenkirk had that that accent, he would seem tougher. I don't know, because I guess Liam Neeson's not shouldn't really seem that tough, but maybe it's. He has an angular face and kind of has that look where it's like you you know if you if you take out like thinking of liam neeson in, in like rom-coms and just be like if this was a random guy <laughs> would i be scared yeah you could i guess he has, a, he has a, like a severe stare to him yeah i think that works um, all right great pick my number two this is one i like shared with you earlier because i couldn't decide if this really even was an action movie but if it's an action movie and i'm saying it is then I have to have it on my list high because I think this movie is fantastic. The Departed, 2006. And, I, and you asked me and I said, well, I haven't seen it, but I think it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like a drama action, I guess. There's enough action in it. There's driving and running and shooting. I think that's what yeah. you mean, right? Well, there's, like, I thought of it, like, you know, there's movies like The Town, which people may, are, like, ask, is that, I think that's an action movie, like if, if, and Heat. Like, if enough of the movie is, like, action scenes and violence, I think it's an mm-hmm. action movie. I think this is the kind of movie that I know we've gone through this entire process with action movies and comedies from the 80s to the 90s to now. Maybe we, sh- we should not have, like, done that kind of delineation, and we should have just said, like, the best movies, because... It is like hard to figure out exactly what an action movie is, but all the same, The Departed needs to be recognized because I think it is a fantastic movie. And actually, and I don't mean to spoil it, I mentioned that we're watching like all the Oscar winners, and The Departed is one of them. We have it listed as our favorite movie out of the twenty Oscar winner movies we've seen so far. Wow! Yeah, it's, it's pretty so high praise. It's, it's a really good movie. Uh, the cast is uh, incredible. Uh, you have Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, Anthony Anderson, uh, Alec Baldwin. I forgot that he was in it. Um, Marky Mark. It's it's a good cast. The Funky Bunch. The Funky Bunch are probably in there somewhere. I just didn't catch it. Uh, they're probably just like shooting victims. Somewhere <laughs> in there. <laughs> There's got to be a few. Yep. Uh, all right. We are down to it. Me, Pimp, what's your number one action movie of the odds? My number one action movie of the OOs is Ong Bak, Thai warrior. I have starring, never seen this movie. It's starring Tony Jaa, who is a really excellent uh, Thai kickboxer and, and martial artist. And it's just something like about this movie. It is basically just a movie where he goes through the whole movie with set pieces for him to do kind of crazy acrobatics and martial arts and kick everyone's ass. Um, a will you know, Jackie Chan and the whole lineage of people that have done that, but it's, there's something so specifically pleasing about the way it's done in this movie that I just love it. I think it's something you just have to see it. And if if that's your cup of tea and you watch it, you're going to see like a pretty amazing action film. And and my favorite of the hots. If you're saying it's your favorite and I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things about it. I, I feel like I need to see this. That is the kind of movie that I would enjoy. I just haven't seen it for whatever reason. Yep. All right. Great pick. My number one is Minority Report. I don't know what it is about this movie. It's Tom Cruise, which Tom Cruise is a fucking weirdo. But I'll be damned if I don't like most of the movies he's in. Hey, there you go. And this is like, I think it's probably at least his best like action movie. uh, Action-ish movie. And I just... I love the plot of this movie. I know it's, it's based off a short story by Philip K. Dick. Uh, it's Spielberg directing it. So it's like really efficiently and just like perfectly done. Uh, I'm trying to remember, like, I don't even really recall a lot of the rest of the cast, except for the villain. He's also the villain in strange brew, but Max von it Oh yeah. Nails it. Yeah. He's good. Uh, so it's just, I, I don't know. I guess it, it's like an action sci-fi, but it's a great, great movie. This is another in the long list of like super popular action movies of the 2000s that I didn't see. So my list is comes with an asterisk. I would say <laughs> mine comes with, yeah, I, I definitely missed a lot of action movies. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the uh, honorable mentions you have? I actually narrowed my honorable mentions down to just a two pack of Jason Statham classics. One is the transporter and the other is crank high voltage, which is just absolutely recklessly awesome. If you've not seen it, you should watch Crank: High voltage. No, I haven't seen either of those. Actually. I don't think I've seen any Jason Statham vehicle uh, except for a one he was in. That really wasn't his movie. It was jet Lee's. but have you ever seen the one? Oh, yeah, I love that movie. Did that come out in the odds? It probably did. It did. I, I should have I should have put that on my list. Right, I think it was like 2002. <laughs> I'm putting honorable mention that uh, because I, I kind of love that movie. Wait, it's yeah, like, I am too. It's, it's a triple bill of Jason Statham in my honorable mentions. I'm adding that <laughs> okay, too. Uh, all right. I had uh, Cloverfield, Battle Royale. I had to throw a Godzilla movie in there, and one of my favorites is from 2001. It's Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. How's that for a title? Love it. Uh, Inside Man I like a lot, District 9, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, Another uh, superhero movie, The Dark Knight, of course, is good. That's like other people's favorites. I sometimes feel like The Dark Knight feels like a collection of scenes that are all really good, um, but it doesn't, here as well as spider-man 2 and i kind of really like terminator 3 and i can't really explain that one but i think it's good which uh, one is that it's got the woman terminator in it oh okay christiana logan or whatever her name is yeah and uh what else about that one it ends really pretty dark oh, okay of all the terminator movies it's probably got the darkest ending okay um the one of course uh, guilty pleasure i really like is the day after tomorrow Ooh, i haven't seen that one I'm to said, that, that is great I'm a, so that's a disaster movie right yeah okay uh but yeah that's uh that's all of them and uh yeah there's just a lot of good like action-y sci-fi type movies out of the odds yeah it was action-packed decade yeah if you uh folks at home If you have some movies that we may have forgotten about, of course, let us know on our Twitter feed that's at Whiskey Sessions or even better, email us at Whiskey Sessions Music at gmail.com. We'll read your email on a future episode, but we've got some emails to get for this episode. Uh, So let's get into it. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails. And now we'll read them. Okay, B-Pimp. Let's see. Let me make sure. Okay, here we go says, hey, whiskey crew, I think the world is ready for a new type of whiskey. We have whiskeys now made with barley, corn, rye, and wheat. But what other base do you think is ready to be whiskey-fied? And this is from Jeremy in Traverse City, Michigan. I wonder if they can make a quinoa whiskey. I was just, it'd be like a hipster whiskey. Yeah, hipster whiskey. That should be what it's called. Yeah. I, uh, no, I think quinoa would be good. I don't know if you could do one out of rice or if that just would be sake. I was guessing that there was rice in this, maybe just because it's Japanese and I'm being racist or something. But like, <laughs> wh- I don't know if that would work or not. Could you do a rice whiskey? I don't know. We should put, we should put together an dis- exploratory committee and find out what bases are we missing for whiskey and then make them. I do kind of feel like our next step, would, we should just start a distillery exactly yes how fun would that be in the middle of where we both live somewhere so i don't know where that is geographically colorado. <laughs> but okay yeah Colorado, in the northeast corner of colorado yeah i think you no know, that would work because if we fly into denver it's a huge airport uh and it's haunted correct and so, it's also the base of the new world order right so anyway it's easy to get flights there and then we could meet up there all the time and just make sure the quinoa and rice whiskey is going okay Or the sake that we unintentionally created is making good progress. Exactly. Uh, what What else we got in the email inbox? Dear Whiskey Sessions, who is moderating the claims of it being National Insert Product Day? I keep getting push notifications from Dunkin' Donuts telling me it's National Donut Day, Starbucks telling me it's National Mocha Latte Frappe Nonsense Day, Dick Sporting Goods telling me it's National Dick's Day. What kind of vetting process is there to de- declare a day in such a fashion? I need a national let's get to the bottom of this day, please. Sincerely, Too Much Time in Tinseltown. I could not agree with this more. I got donuts on Donut Day unintentionally. And the line at the donut shop was longer than normal because it's Donut Day, who cares? Who made that up? Yeah, I just wanted to get donuts. And I was actually, it, it made it harder for me to get donuts because it was Donut Day. It's, I'm gonna say it's National Whiskey Sessions Day for the rest of the year. And in order to celebrate, the whole country has to send us money to a PayPal account. I would very much like that. Although I'm not even sure I know how to access my own PayPal anymore. <laughs> Who like, gets that up? I have, <laughs> I have one, but they're like, nope, that's not your password. I was like, okay, I guess I'll just never get to this again. Yeah, you've got hidden millions in your <laughs> PayPal account that you'll never access. Yeah. Here was another one, and this was just a few weeks ago that really threw me off. And Maggie said, I forgot about it, and she got really angry. But she said that there was a Mother's Day have that's a, I have not heard of this. No. And my mom has been really upset with me the last 25 years and I never could figure out why. Yeah. I, get out of here. I mean, that's Father's day, absolutely. And that's coming up and I am ready for that. But I'm Thursday yep. too. Please. She already has her birthday. <laughs> and Christmas and sweetest day and Valentine's day. Oh yeah. And Valentine's day is basically for her too. So come on. How many days can you get? exactly mother's day get out of here um all right uh, if you want to send us an email go ahead and hit us up whiskey sessions music at com. we'll read it on a future episode but that does it for this episode be pimp do you have any words of wisdom to leave our wonderful listeners with just kidding love you mom just of course we knew about mother's day it's every <laughs> november yeah it's in november i think so okay last week of november <laughs> until next time uh this is ams and B pimp peace See out bye bye